Welcome to the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast, the show designed to keep youth workers motivated and youth ministries moving forward. Now, here's your host, blogger, speaker, and lover of nerd stuff, Paul Turner. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Youth Ministry in Motion podcast. I'm your host, Paul Turner, and today uh, we're talking about job descriptions. I know that sounds like exciting stuff, but how many youth pastors, maybe listening to this right now, have no clue what your job is? Did anybody raise their hands? How many of you know exactly what your job is? I don't know. Did, did many of you get a job description uh, when you were hired? Uh, I can tell you from my experience, I don't think... I can make, I'll say one just because I can't remember it, uh, where I think I was only handed one job description probably my whole life that says this is what we want you to do as a youth pastor. Now, um, that caused a little bit of grief, uh, obviously, for me, because if I don't know what the expectations are and I don't know what uh, people want from me, it's very hard for me to satisfy their needs. And so when you when you get into a situation where you don't have a job description, especially if it's not very specific, if it's generic in nature, then you are, um, uh, you know, you, you get in trouble for uh, taking liberties with it by kind of doing your own thing or just assuming um, this is what the people want from you. And so uh, job descriptions to me are super important as, as far as, uh, especially young, and I'll speak to the young youth leaders, I think it's important there. The older you get, job descriptions are important, uh, but by the time you reach, I think, a certain age, um, you've figured out to some degree who you are, what your abilities are, what your um, what your level of toleration is, what your gifts are, what you're really good at, and uh, and I think in doing that, uh, such as myself, you know, I, I look and I if I were to, I hopefully maybe I will never have another job again. Maybe this will be my forever place, uh, which would be wonderful. Uh, but if I ever looked at a job description, I think I've just gotten to that place where I just look at, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going to read to you some, some of these job descriptions that I've, I've seen here, uh, some things that uh, I've looked up and just looking at these job descriptions, I, I just look at them, I'm going, wow, that's a lot of words. That's a lot of words. I don't know. <laughs> it sounds it sounds like they want a lot of words done. And uh, I'm going to try to make it easier for you today if I can. Uh, in talking about really what our gifts and callings are, what we're really good at, and trying to find that job based even on the job description alone, whether or not that's something you even want to get into. You know, when you go through a job interview and things like that, probably one of the, you know, I don't know. I one of the first things you want to ask for is a job description. What does the job entail? And if there is a written piece of paper that tells me things uh, like that, I'm about to tell you here that is found in the um, in the uh, re- in the job descriptions themselves. So let me go over here to the first one. Here. I'm not going to call out any churches. So if this is your uh, folks, if there's anybody knows this, and this is your job description, please don't think I'm picking on you. Please don't think I'm. I am. Uh, taking shots or anything like that. I'm just looking at it, trying to look at this to see if, um, you know, what we, what we, how, how certain job descriptions are broken down. And I would love your feedback, by the way. Uh, if you, if you have a job, if you do not have a job description, I'd like to know, leave me a comment down below. Um, and if you do have a job description and you say, well, Paul, I don't know if I'm, you know, I took the job and now I have the job description and I don't know if I'm any good at any of these things, but I have to get better. So well, anyway, let me just share with you a couple of these and then I'll kind of show you what I wrote and told my students the other night uh, when I told them uh, this is what my job is. 
this is what I believe my job is. And so I, I shared that with them. Uh, but let me just start with this. Most job descriptions uh, have things like job summary, supervision, you know, who do we answer to, um, minimum qualifications required that will tell you, you know, what is required of you before you can even apply for this job, uh, duties and responsibilities, uh, general stuff. It, it starts to get more and more specific here. Um, this particular one here has it broken down into program oversight, leadership training, and administrative, which I kind of like that because it shows how you should be spending your time. Um, and uh, I think how you spend your time, how you run the program, and how you, uh, you know, within the church, um, where should you be putting your time and effort at? Well, whatever, if whatever they're telling you that you should spend X amount of time doing this, then that's probably a good idea um, because that's what the organization, the church that you work for is required from you. So um, let me just share just a couple of things, some of the commitments here. Minimum qualifications must be a born-again believer with maturing relationship with Christ. Uh, must be a graduate of four-year Bible college or Christian liberal arts college with a degree in theology, Christian education, or youth ministry. Thorough knowledge of the Bible is essential. Uh, must be sensitive to needs and pressures of teens with a knowledge of possible solutions. <laughs> That one just made me laugh for some reason. Let me read that again. Must be sensitive to needs and pressures of teens with a knowledge of possible solutions. Well, that you you would have to be. I mean, if you're going to work with teenagers and, and you don't have any answers, that's going to be a bad idea. So you you but you won't know until you get the thing right. You won't know if you have any answers or decent solutions, especially if you're a young guy. You know, you don't know if you have any solutions just yet. So we'll we'll find out, right? Uh, must be able to teach, train, and disciple youth workers. Uh, must be in good physical and mental health. That's always a plus. Um, and must be able to respond to changing needs throughout the day and weekly schedule. Oh, and must possess, this one always makes me laugh too, must possess organizational and administrative abilities. Well, you know, if you're not, if your gift, by the way, my gift is not necessary. It was, let's put it this way. I'll say when I was 18, 19 years old, that was not my gifting. It was all about preaching. It was all about uh playing games, good at games, leading games, things like that. And as I got older, I figured out that a good, and I laugh at that only because if I had read that, if somebody had given me that on a job description, whether I'm organized or not, I probably would have never got hired anywhere. But, uh, but I did find out as I got older that the key, one of the keys to have being successful in youth ministry is not even how well you preach or even how well you um, you know, do some other things in the church, but how well and organized you are, because so many people depend upon us uh, and every minister in the church to have their act together, to be organized. And if you can be organized and um, and structured in some way, you know, not not uh, you know at risk of uh, of just keeping the Holy Spirit out of things, but I mean, at least having the calendar in order, having these things together to where you have a a structure for which to pour your creativity into, then you can be really super super successful. I think uh, by just being organized and just having your your junk together. Um, some of the other things here, they divide this up here. Program oversight is forty percent of full time commitment. Uh, things like provide oversight of junior high and senior high youth staff. I think this is probably going to be a larger church here that I'm probably reading this year. So uh, foster open communication with parents, guardians, probably through youth staff or by other means of communication. Uh, assure the church youth. The ch now, this is, by, this is interesting. Assure the church youth, which are in quotations, are taught and charged with their responsibility to outreach. Okay. The church youth, that means the kids that are within. Now, that, that tells me something there, right? They want the kids that are their kids in that church to be taught in charge with their responsibility to outreach. I like that. 
I like that. I think I just found it funny that they put in parentheses, assure the church kids. Well, if a kid comes to your church, it should be if they're a Christian, that'll be their responsibility too. But that's neither here nor there. That's nitpicking, I imagine. Uh, and assure training uh, regular involvement of youth in church ministry, which is good, connecting the church there. And uh, let's see, program oversight, 40%. Those are some of the things you want to do. Leadership training, 40% of full-time commitment. They say 40% of your time should be spent on uh, things like maintaining effective leadership for each youth program, uh, provide formal, structured, and informal, by example, leadership training for youth staff, uh, oversee with your youth staff the identification of youth with leadership potential and assure opportunities are given for development. That's a really good one there. See, when you see a job description, it sounds like this particular job description is well thought out, well planned, uh, and is looking for a much broader uh, scope of what a youth leader is going to be able to do here, uh, what they should be able to do. I should say that. It's not like they're trying to you know, whatever. But, um, but I see what they're doing here is that is they're, they're, they're communicating. And when you look at that, you have to read between the lines of a job description and be able to say, okay, what are they really wanting here? And then uh, hopefully you have the leadership above you uh, that hands this type of uh, job description out that will be able to assist you in developing how that looks and what that looks like. And obviously you're being hired to do that yourself, but obviously asking questions about what does that look like to the church? What does that um you know, what does that mean? How does, you know, wh how do I know if I'm successful in that particular area? Uh, but this sounds like they know exactly what they want uh, of, of that youth worker to do and spend 40% of their time um, teaching kids to be leaders, basically, uh, and, and their leadership potential and assure opportunities are given for development of that. Um, let's see. And then administrative is 20%, which is good. 20% maintain a well-planned, carefully balanced program throughout the year, coordinate with church calendars and events, uh, pre-schedule all activities in their entirety, including post activity plans, uh, publish, uh, same to staff, parents and youth in timely fashion. Um, let's see, assist missions committee with field missionary experiences. Um, those are good. 20%. You got that's administrative stuff. Then it goes into benefits and accountability factors, which I like that accountability factors attend weekly, uh, with staff for prayer and plan. There's people I know that don't know whether they're supposed to show up to staff or not. They go, is that me? Is that part of what I'm supposed to do? Am I supposed to be there for that? Especially if people are part-time, uh, and things like that. They don't know whether they need to be in that. And they, if you're part-time, you probably should ask and say, do I need to be in that meeting? I'd like to know what's going on. Uh, attend monthly feedback sessions with the CE elder, Review and discuss annual job performance evaluation. Uh, present vacation requests to the Bellevue one month in advance. Okay, so those are all accountability factors, things that they saw in that. Now let me just go on to another one here. Um, this is another job description. Once again, every organization, every church uh, is looking for a certain type of person. The job, what you're looking for is, in, in like that first one I read there, which I would say is the maybe the best of the three, they, um, they are looking for something very, very specific. They're looking for somebody with a certain, you know, um, uh, set of skills, uh, you know, like, like taken. They're looking for somebody with a certain set of skills um, to be able to do youth ministry in a certain way that's beyond the scope of just playing games, uh, getting with kids, which a lot of, you know, there's, that's, I'll be honest with you, there's a lot of churches, that's their job description. Keep the kids entertained, and um, that's about it, and make sure nobody gets hurt. These, though, are very specific. All right, this particular one here, job description. Uh, must have a personal relationship with God. There's qualifications. Must have a personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ and taking the steps of believer's baptism. 
meet qualifications set forth in 1 Timothy 3, 1 through 7, Titus 1, 5 through 9. Uh, must have at least one of the educational paths listed below, bachelor's degree in divinity, the theology, youth ministry, youth guidance, or other faith-related education. By the way, these, are, these job descriptions are all three from different denominations. I'm guessing that the first one may be Methodist. This one here is Baptist, I believe. Um, let's see, at least five. Now, this is interesting. Number six here, at least five years in a successful and growing Baptist youth ministry position. Excuse me, at least five years in a successful and growing Southern Baptist youth ministry position. Now, that is interesting. That tells you a lot about the kind of person they are looking for. And I think the question is, well, what is successful? Is success, you know, that's the question you got to ask them. What is the successfulness? Uh, how do you gauge um uh, how do you gauge successfulness and, and what does that look like to you? Because whatever, whatever they think that is, that's how you're going to be graded and how I would be graded and judged on that. Um, we prefer the youth pastor to be married and have healthy relationships with his wife and children that is pleasing to God and sets an example for others. Uh, however, we are seeking God's man for this mission and willing to consider single applicants. Well, God bless them. Good for, good for them. Uh, position responsibilities. Uh, conduct weekly services. Uh, ministry activities, foster, promote, actively participate in youth programs that provide spiritual growth, fellowship activities, denouns, etc. Um, counsel students and or their parents relating issues of salvation, their overall spiritual life, college choice, vocation, life mate, all the life issues there. Um, provide recreational fellowship activities for youth. Encourage students to participate in other church programs to include youth choir, Sunday school, disciple training, and missions. Uh, participate in associate now participate in associational state international and convention sponsored youth programs events or mission activities now that's something that you'll see a lot of churches some well I say a lot a lot of churches uh, uh, denominational churches will say look we want you to be a part of uh, not only what we do here but but denominationally we want you to be involved locally and statewide and even um, you know, across the country, you know, nationwide, where we want you to take kids to certain kinds of conventions, certain kinds of things. And I think that's where, you know, where I've gotten in trouble, maybe for me, is I always wanted to do something different anyway. I've always wanted to, you know, if you if you like to do things differently, um, you might want to go with a church that does not have does not have a job description. You say, well, great, you don't have a job description. You've never had a youth ministry. Find a church that has no youth ministry and say, I will I will create one. And then you can create and write your own job description. So that's uh, that's one avenue there, but this particular uh, church here definitely has a uh, wants the person to be involved in denominational things, and you want to look for that because if you've been a part of that, great, and you, you're familiar with it, the structure and all those things. But if you have not been a part of it, uh, then you're going to have a little might have a little struggle with how things get done, and then you're like looking at it going, oh, "This is not going to work," but yet everybody loves it. And but anyway, that's just you know that's what you got to look at. But um, let's see. Relationship, this is a broken down differently. Other responsibilities, which, by the way, every uh, thing, whether it's written or not, has that little thing at the bottom that says um, as needed, you know, d you know, duties as needed. That means you're going to get called upon as a staff member to do anything and everything that's going to do overall, regardless of whether it is in your job description or not. And you can fight about it, but it is an invisible ink that you will do all that you can uh, to help said church with whatever it is they need. So. If that's washing the pastor's car, buddy, that's I guess that's what you're doing. So, uh, but anyway, uh, other responsibilities: attend church-wide activities, functions, 
Uh, be active and visible member of the community. That's important to them. Be a part of the community. I'd say that's good. Must be able to obtain obtain a commercial driver's license, drive all church vehicles. Now, that's something I just did for my church. Uh, I have avoided that for 25 years um, because I was always able to find somebody. But in this case, I was not able to do so. Uh, so I had to go and bite the bullet and do it. And it was hard and terrible. But now I have it, and I'm probably glad I have it, and so it's good. So if you can, if you don't have a job yet, or if you don't have a CDL yet, and you're looking to get a job, that's you get a CDL license because it will it will be good on your uh, on your resume, and it will look good to other people that you can already drive vehicles and things like that. It'd be good. Um, let's see. Uh, other than that, there uh, administrative duties. Build and maintain, preferably an elect. Oh well, this whole this build and build, this is interesting. Build and maintain, preferably an electronic record keeping system for all youth ministry related information. So they're talking about keeping a database and upkeeping that. That's important to them. They they want you to have a firm grip on the administrative part to where you're keeping up with kids. Uh, so that's important. Uh, be responsible to the youth team committee overseeing fundraiser efforts. Uh, then the last thing, relationship to pastor and staff, um, responsible and accountable through pastor to the church, meeting with staff for prayer and planning, recognize the pastor as administrator of the total church program. Hmm. Okay. Recognize the pastor as the administrator of the total church program. That's important enough to put in there, uh, to them. Duties may be modified for the benefit of the church staff as directed by the pastor. Uh, and then number, the last to here says other duties as assigned by our pastor. So there you go. It's right there. All right, so third one. Let me go to the third one there. If there's anything interesting, by the way, if you have questions about any of these, I'd be happy to answer any questions. Uh, if you have any questions about job descriptions or job interviews or what you should be looking for, that kind of stuff, uh, you're welcome to ask me any questions down below in the comments below. I'd love to hear from you uh, and tell me what you think about the podcast. Tell me what you think about the program today. It would be great. Uh, and the last thing is this. Let me offer my thoughts here. This is where I get to what I talk about my job description. Here's what I told, you know, everybody asked me, right, what do you do for a living? What's your, what's your job? And the other night I asked a student if they were interested. I, I told him, I, I told, it was a young lady and she's, she's shy. Let's, I'll give her, you know, that I said, look, Hey, we're about to get started. You want to get everybody together? You want to like call all the people together and get everybody going? She goes, no, what do I don't want to do that for. I said, well, I don't know. I thought I'd give you a chance, give you a shot. And uh, she was, she was like, no, isn't that your job? Isn't that what you get paid to do? I don't know if you ever heard that before, maybe. Um, and so here's what I did that night. Um, I was, uh, well, not the next week, sorry. The next week I, I did a message called what's my job. And I explained to students what my job, what I thought biblically, according to what I'm gifted to do and what I think scripturally, uh, the church has me to do as, as the part of the body of Christ. And I read them, I read them from Ephesians four eleven through 16. And it says, and he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and to the knowledge of the son of God, to a mature man, to the measure of the stature, which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are no longer children tossed here and there by waves carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by the craftiness and deceitfulness, deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by whatever joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. And that's Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So here's how I broke it down. Number one, I told him this is my job. He gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, teachers, 
uh, for the equipping of the saints. That's number one. That is my job description. In my, in my humble opinion, since I do not have a job description of my own, I have taken from the scriptures to say, this is what my job description is based on my gifts, talents, and abilities of what I can do and what I love to do. Of course, I still do everything in the church that is asked of me to do. It's not like I'm saying, oh, this is it. This is all I do. I don't do anything else. No, heaven forbid. Uh, I'm here to help build up the whole body, not just the youth ministry body, but as it relates to the whole church. But I told them as far as what my, what my, one of my main roles is, is to equip them for works of service to the building up of the body of Christ. And that is not only this body, the youth ministry body, but the entire church body. Then the second thing I says, well, this is why I do it. I do it because until I do it because until we all attain the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man. In other words, I do it because I want us all to be mature in the fullness of Christ. And then I said, this is why it's important that I do it well. Why should I equip people well? So that we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves, carried about by every wind of doctrine, trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming. That's why I want to do it well, so that you guys aren't fooled. That the students I'm talking to, you guys are not fooled by anything because you're doing the work of the ministry. You're understanding the doctrine. You're understanding that you're practicing the things that we're talking about so that you don't get hoodwinked into uh, some crazy idea about who God is uh, and, uh, and, and wind up falling down a path there. And then I said, this is the result of doing my job right. If I do my job correctly, if I do according to what I'm called to do and how my calling fits into whatever job description I'm given, regardless of the job description, which I would say that most of the job descriptions I read had to some degree some equipping phase in there, connecting kids to the body of Christ and so forth, um, is the fact is this, that if I do my job right and do it well, it says, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up into all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies, according to the proper working of each individual part, causes the growth of the body for the building of, up of itself in love. So if I do it right, we're going to mature, we're going to grow up, and we're going to uh, we're going to grow. We're going to grow numerically. We're going to grow spiritually. We're going to grow deeper. We're going to grow wider. We're going to build ourselves up in love. And uh, and that's what I told him. I said, this is my job description. This is what I'm called to do. In addition to everything, obviously, that whether it's written down for me or not, in the church I'm at now, praise the Lord, I get to somewhat uh, write my own job description. Uh, but I'm of an age and time when that is of great benefit to me uh, because I have accrued um, some some years. <laughs> and so that uh, I kind of know what is expected of me thus far. So that's always a plus. Uh, but if you're a young man today and you're wondering, you know, what do I need to do to do that? Well, well, first of all, find out what your gifts and callings are. You know, what do you, you know, don't, don't, uh, let me encourage you. This. Don't just take a job because you need a job. Don't just take a youth pastoring job because you need a youth pastoring job. Really find out what you're good at and find a church that will match that to the degree you can. You're not going to find the perfect church. You're not going to find the, 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 the you, you'll find the, the church that can, if you find the sweet spot within a church to say, this is how I function. This is how I function best. And I'm going to be challenged. And I'm going to be, you know, God is not going to just allow me to just cruise along. He's going to, uh, there's going to be places where I have to grow and, uh, and find out first and foremost, what you're good at, what you're called to do, and then say, can I fit into this, whatever that job description is, if there is one, do I fit into that well? Do I fit into that well enough? And so um, that's my encouragement for you guys today. Um, and right now, uh, if you have any, like I said, comments or anything like that, go ahead and leave me some comments down below. 
And so uh, it is time now for the moment of nerd, the moment of nerd. And if you're a nerd, welcome. If you're not a nerd, then you can either skip to the end where I uh, share just a few words of uh, motivation for you today. But if you are a nerd and you are keeping up with uh, the walking, the fear of the walking dead, uh, I have seen uh, two episodes and uh, it was uh, a pretty exciting stuff there. I don't know if that's something that you talk about with your kids. I did, in fact, use it in an illustration uh, in my service the other night uh, about uh, talking about the uh, prophecy and talking about the end of the world, that there's always a guy in these end of the world deals that uh, is trying to warn people. They're trying to warn people uh, that this is coming. This is happening. Something terrible is going on. And then nobody listens and nobody listens to that guy. And uh, in the Fear of the Walking Dead, Tobias is a student uh, who happens to be that prophet, if you will, trying to warn people about uh, the, what is happening in L.A. And, and nobody is listening. So once again, I think, uh, you know, whether you uh, love that or hate it or, or whatever it may be, uh, my role, I think, for culture and my idea for culture is this, is that, look, culture is there. I'm going to draw from it what I can. Uh, and then uh, and, and if I'm looking for examples and I see uh, biblical uh, things that I can take from it, then I'm going to take from it. If I can't, I'm not going to use it. I'm not going to show, you know, to be salacious or anything like that. I wouldn't show things like the VMAs, uh, you know, or, or videos from that just to be salacious or things like that because it's, you know, it's trash. We know it's trash, and I don't have to show it to the kids to, to say it's trash. But to use examples and things like that, I think are perfectly fine uh, to do that. Uh, also, in my moment of nerd, I picked up uh, some new uh, comic books today. I don't know if you're a comic book fan or a comic book reader. I tend to go small. I don't have, I don't read a ton of comics, uh, but I do read a few. Uh, I read. They actually reissued a comic book from. Um, they reissued a comic book from uh, from the uh, uh, Escape from New York, the old movie by John Carpenter, uh, who uh, who wrote that and uh, was with uh, Kurt Russell. It was back in the 80s, and they reissued a comic book on that. And I'm actually quite enjoying that. The storyline that happens, I believe it's after the movie ends, and uh, the storyline goes with that. So that's kind of exciting. Um, also, uh, let's see, I am uh, uh, reading the... Um, uh, the Secret Wars uh, comics, uh, trying to get into that and figure that out. That's pretty cool. And, um, and then finally, for our moment of nerd here, I did happen to see that if you're interested in old school or, and new school, these little tiny figures, I'm going to put a link down below. Uh, by the way, there'll be links to all this stuff down below. There's a below if you're looking for things like the, my, my job description and things like that to the blog post. All, that's, all those sh links will be in the show notes below. Um, is that they have these little tiny figures uh, that are just collectible things. They're old school things. And I saw from, uh, from Escape from New York, I saw uh, the Kurt Russell's character Snake. I, I saw uh, Fireflies, Captain Mal uh, was there. These little tiny figs, these little kind of, they're not Legos really, but they're, they're just little tiny figs. And if you're into that kind of thing, I, I may or may not buy some. Uh, but they had everything. They had Arrow. They had you know, characters from the TV show Arrow. They had uh, all kinds of things. And so it was just kind of a unique thing. I found those at uh, Barnes & Noble. So, But if I find those, uh, again, I will either post a picture or things like that. If you have, like I said, if you happen to be into some nerdy stuff, I would love to hear from you. Feel free to go ahead and leave some comments down below of the nerd stuff you are into. And uh, I would love to hear that. So, um, But anyway, uh, we're going to wrap up our time together with a little a bit of a motivational uh, I say motivational. I want to say inspirational today because you know what? I, I want you to be motivated. 
uh, and I want your youth ministry moving forward. But I also, I mean, more than motivation, I want you to be inspired. I want God to do something, you know, powerful in your heart, and I want God to uh, move in your spirit so that you can, you know, live this life in such a way uh, that, uh, you know, you're not letting the ministry crush your soul, and you're not finding your identity in the work alone, uh, but you're really, um, you know, really moving forward in your spiritual life, and, uh, and that you're finding the blessings of doing the ministry. Um, today I'm reading from, I'm reading a devotional called Bountiful Goodness from Thomas Akempis. I've been doing this uh, probably for the past, I'll say six months maybe, uh, every day, just a little bit. And uh, Thomas Akempis was a, I believe, I want to say 16th or 17th century monk. Uh, sorry, 13th, 13th century, 13th, 13th, 14th century monk uh, in Germany. And uh, he wrote uh, some, some ideas and thoughts uh, on spiritual development and on uh, keeping your life in order. And, uh, and so let me just offer just a couple of things that he says here, and I'll read just kind of the first little paragraph. And um, it says, uh, the, the, the scripture, by the way, Psalm 25, 15 says, My eyes are ever on the Lord, for he shall free my feet from the snare. And uh, the two lines that I get from this, if you uh, read uh, that I read this uh, and you maybe get something else. But let me just say it says in your every thought, word and deed, always have a right and pure intention directed to God so that you may accomplish all for the praise, glory and honor of God and for the edification of the neighbor. Because God, listen to this, because God is the source of all good merit and the giver of eternal rewards, he ought to be the beginning and end of all your actions. Otherwise, you risk losing the fruit of your labor. And uh, I want to inspire you with that. I hope that inspires you a little bit because it, it makes me think that so many times, you know, when you think about youth pastors that don't stay very long at churches, uh, I think many of them, uh, you know, they lose the fruit of their labor. And I, not necessarily because they didn't put God first. I don't know. I, I'm not judging anyone. Uh, what I am saying, though, is this, is that uh, what Akempis says here, he says, look, uh, Put God at the beginning and the end of all your actions. Otherwise, you risk losing the fruit of your labor. Think of it as having two arms and holding something with two arms. If you try to hold something large or something big with one arm, there's always the risk that it's going to fall and it's going to drop. But holding something with two arms, those two arms are putting God at the beginning and the end of something and saying, you know what, if I keep this and put this in God's hands, whatever it is going on in your life or your ministry or your marriage or your family, then you know what, you're going to lower your risk you're going to lower your risk of losing the fruit that you've labored so hard for in your church to see the progress in that student and always keeping accountability in your life uh, in various ways with your pastor, with your family, with your wife, uh, and whoever else you need, and with God uh, especially, um, so that your fruit is not gone. The second little line that happens right after that is this, is if you keep in mind God's dreadful judgments, you will not yield to vanity says vanity and the desire for everyone's praise is the worst of plagues such a desire is certainly pointless a sure sign of pride and contrary to god's grace what then are you to do what a powerful statement that is vanity and the desire for everyone's praise is the worst of plagues um, you know what we're in a society where everybody wants to be pleased and 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 people want to please everybody and ultimately uh, guys, we can't uh, we can't do that. We can't please everybody. We can't please all our students. We can't please all our parents. We can't please some days. We can't please our pastor or our church. And ultimately, at the end of the day, if we have put God at the beginning and the end of all things, uh, we're going to keep the fruit that we have reaped thus far. 
And, uh, and if we'll simply do that and not try to please everybody and not try to, uh, you know, if we're going to just stay on the gospel course, then, um, then that, there's that friction is going to happen. And it's going to be there. And it's part of that. And by the way, that's in your job description. That's not written there either. But in your job description, it says that friction, chaos, conflict, all these things are part of the deal. Uh, but uh, also in there is uh, you don't have to please everybody. You know, if I were to write that, I would add that. Just look, try not to please everybody. Do your best just to please God. So, but anyway, guys, that's it. That's your moment of inspiration, your moment of uh, devotion there, if you will. If you had not had your devotion time today, I hope that you like that. But if you like stuff like this, uh, let me encourage you to go uh, over to my website at uh, thediscipleproject.net. You can sign up for what is called the Fresh Impact Newsletter to get little things like this in your email, in your inbox, uh, where we'll have links to things, uh, new resources I create, all that kind of good stuff. Um, and I would love to have you part of the Fresh family. So please go ahead and hit uh, the link down below uh, to the website and sign up for uh, the newsletter. And I'd love to hear from you, feedback on the podcast. Uh, and so uh, I want to thank you. Thank you, guys. Uh, feel free to download uh, this off of SoundCloud. Uh, please hit a heart if you enjoyed it. And uh, I would love, like I said, comments from you. Please let me know what you think of the podcast and uh, and how I can best serve you with any topics or ideas. So I'll leave you with this. Uh, next week, I am doing a, an interview with my friend Ken McCoy about how to jumpstart your youth ministry, how to jumpstart your youth ministry. If your youth ministry is tanking, if it's having issues and problems, if it's dead, uh, we may be able to help you. And Ken has some great ideas on how to jumpstart your youth ministry. So anyway, guys, that's it for today. Appreciate your time and your energy, all that you do for the kingdom and all you do for young people. Uh, be encouraged, uh, be motivated, and I pray that uh, not only you, but your youth ministry will move forward. Until next time, guys, I will see you guys next week.